this summer, evil has a new enemy, justice has a new weapon, and the world has a new hero. Yeah, just over 25 years ago, Spawn made his uh, big screen debut. It's been a long time. Lots changed uh, in movies since then. Spawn may be back on the big screen soon. We'll get the details on that uh, in our conversation with Calgary's own. Calgary born and raised, of course, was a part owner of the Edmonton Oilers for a time. Comic book icon, first as an illustrator on The Amazing Spider-Man. Later on, of course, as creator of Spawn and Image Comics. He's a Grammy and Emmy-winning producer and director, entrepreneur, founder of McFarland Toys, Todd McFarland Enterprises. Joining us on the line here this afternoon, the one and only Todd McFarland. Todd, great to have you with us. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, a lot to talk about. I did want to talk hockey for a second because, of course, uh, you know, it's been a couple of decades now since you were part owner in the Edmonton Oilers. You helped design that really cool uh, third jersey they used, which they've now kind of brought back a little bit uh, yep. altered from, from back then. But uh, what did you make of that, first of all? Uh, yeah, it was interesting because it's been a long time gone dormant. Yeah. Uh, so somebody, I remember, sent me a message, you know, up, up in Canada going, hey, do you see, they're going to bring it back. Uh, and I saw some of the early designs that people were speculating on, right? You know, God bless the internet. Everybody's got their own design. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they finally rolled out the the look of it. And it. What was interesting was when you just saw the design of the jersey and they changed some colors, I was like, eh, yeah, it's, it's cool. You know, not nothing overly flashy. But, but then when you saw it on the players, on the ice, in the middle of the game, it's, it seemed like it was way cooler, Right, like all of a sudden, I'm seeing photos and watching the game, going, "Man, that looks way better than sitting on a hanger right now." So. Yeah. Well, when you first did that, I mean, as mentioned, you know, the the Edmonton Oilers Investors Group pulled, pulled together a number of individuals, you know, to kind of save the team, basically. So yeah. you were involved in yeah. that. Was it just a case of, okay, we've got this guy on our team, maybe he could do a jersey, or is it something you wanted to do? How did that come about in the first place? Well, well, let's go back to the because I think you said something sort of important the the group of us coming together literally was to save the oilers yeah. because of the what what had happened is you know people old enough can remember is that the quebec nordiques had moved down to colorado and then a few years later winnipeg moved down to uh phoenix here yeah. right which is where i was living at the time so it was you know a boon for me but again another canadian team had been lost and then all of a sudden, there was going to be a third team, right? And what ended up happening, just to quickly talk about that, is Peter Parkington, the owner at that point, had used the Oilers as collateral for his other businesses, and his other businesses failed. And so the banks came in and took the collateral, which was the hockey team. And and a clock started and said that if they get any outside person to make a valid offer, which the owner of the Houston Rockets NBA team down in Texas made an offer. Then it set a very quick 30-day clock, and a group or one individual, anything in between in Edmonton, had to come up with a fixed cost. Yeah. Now, luckily, that cost was less than the the owner of the the NBA team was offering. And so we, you know, I, I happened to be the last guy. Somebody was visiting me from uh, Edmonton and happened to bring one of the Edmonton sons and I saw it. And so I was the last guy on that got us past the threshold. So we were able to keep Edmonton, the Oilers at least in Edmonton 
Cana- I think it became a Canadiana thing. We just we can't right. lose another team. Yeah. Um, and then along the way, as part of uh, some of the perks there, uh, I happened to be up in Edmonton for one of the meetings, and that was when they were doing a bunch of third jerseys. And I saw the book that they had paid some money to some firms in New York, and I thought they were abs- for me. I thought they were absurd. Right. This is when I don't know if you remember the the you know Los Angeles Kings were doing what they were affectionately calling the Burger King, you yeah, know right. one with the and they were doing fades and they were doing angled yeah. striping and and the Tampa Bay had lightning bolts and even the the, the Coyotes here had geckos and cactus and I I, I was I was appalled by all of it. So <laughs> really? uh, when I was looking at the book, I just turned to them and went like, "How much are you paying these guys?" I'll I'll design one for free, right? I'll do it for free. And they were like, well, okay. And eventually I convinced them, and I, I went back, and, and me and one of my designers just sort of sat around and came up with something, and we gave it to them, and it ended up working out well. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I still have one of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, before we get to some other stuff, just as we're on the topic of sports, and you're well-known not just for your love of hockey, your love of baseball, your love of very specific collector item baseballs, but just to clarify, you you took a pass on the Aaron Judge home run ball, or what was your interest or non-interest in, in that one? Yeah, so, uh, uh, and, and the reason that you're asking whether I have the interest, I own the top three home run yes. marks of all time. So I own Barry Bond, 73, Mark McGuire, 70, and Sammy Sosa, 66. The top three, right? So, although it was, although the, the uh, I thought that, you know, Aaron Ball was, Okay, I, it, it was an American League record, right? Not, and so I didn't think the value was there. I thought that somebody was going to overpay in New York, anyways. Yeah. Right. That, and again, it was some, uh, I think, uh, law firm or something. Because I get it. You know, you're in New York. You get the ball. You put it in your lobby. You got a, a conversation piece. But somebody was, like I said, some. I thought somebody was going to overpay for something that wasn't a major league record, right? And so again. I way overpaid for the Mark McGuire ball because I got into a, a bid uh, with somebody there. But by the time the Barry Bonds ball came around, which is the record, uh, I ended up paying uh, a half a million for that. The the Aaron Judge ball went for, I think, one and a half. So That's three crazy. times the, the Bonds ball, and the Bonds ball is a record. Now, I understand people have their point of view on steroids versus yep. non-steroids, and there's all that conversation Here's what I'm saying. You, you can hold your breath all you want. You can be angry all you want. The fact of the matter is, if you go to any Internet site and or pick up any book that has major league records and say, who has the most record, uh, most home runs at once? It's Barry Bonds. Whether you like it or not, it's the record. It's the record, period, right? They're not going to put an asterisk next to it. They're not going to adjust it. They're not going to do anything. And, oh, by the way, as the next generation comes and the one after that, all of what some people are angry about is going to get diminished, right? They're just going to go, you're just jealous because you had 73 <laughs> home runs, Grandpa. Right? Yeah, right. He's He was super cool, just like Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, I'm sure, was an SOB in his day. He just sort of a badass to us, you know, us now five generations down. We're just going, man, look at that dude. He played hard. Um, so time will get past it. And I just went, eh, I, you know, I didn't feel like getting into a overspend on something that was – 
not a major league record. Yeah, so. yeah, interesting. All right, well, let's talk about your baby, Spawn, and there's some interesting stuff happening on the comic book side, a massive crossover coming up, and obviously a lot of fans waiting for news on the uh, the movie reboot, but let's talk about the Spawn, the Batman crossover that's coming soon. This is going to be massive. How, how did this come together? Yeah, uh, so that came out a few weeks ago, so it's already out uh, on the marketplace. We're actually, we've got, we're going to a second printing on it. Um, the, you know, seven of us, I mean, I worked for Marvel and DC comic books for years and, and had some buddies. And then in 1992, after I sort of made my chops on uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, really, that's what put me at the top. I sort of reinvented the look of them that yeah. still holds today. Although what's interesting is I I, I was told not to do any of those changes and, and, and oh, really? it was wagged at me every time I went into New York. But here it is, yeah. you know, now 30 years later, and they've kept, you know, the Frankenstein look that I gave them. And part of it is just that I was messing with their icon, Spider-Man's their sort of icon character. Um, and, and a little Canadian kid coming in there sort of disrupting, I think, threw them for a little bit of a curveball. Um, but in, in, in 92 and, and during, during that time I was on Spider-Man, I co-created Venom, you know, as, as a character that to me was at that time a throwaway character because I just wanted to get the black costume off Peter Parker that ends up turning into a, a billion dollar happy accident for Marvel right. and Sony and Disney and everybody else. Um, but seven of us left in 1992, seven artists, and started our own company. So, you know, if people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of Marvel and I've heard of DC. If you ask the next question, what's the third largest comic company? That's ours, Image Comics. And we have been for, we're celebrating our 30th. We just actually ended it in 2022, our 30th anniversary. Uh, and And I had to... We all had to come up with our own books, and Spawn was my guy. I created him when I was going to high school in Calgary, and I pulled him out, and he's, you know, went to the top of the charts, set a sales record when he when he came out, and and has been going nonstop to the point that we, in in 2019, got a Guinness record for the longest running creator owned book. In, in the world wow. uh, of, of 301 issues. The previous record of 300 was also a Canadian, so I don't know what the rest of the world's doing, but <laughs> as Canadians, we're hardcore. Yeah, we, no we, stick, we stick with it. Uh, and then and then in 2021, 20, I expanded my line, and a, book, a new book came out called King Spawn. That was the number one book in our industry, bigger than anything at Marvel, bigger than anything at DC. And then, and then the Batman Spawn crossover came out again. The number one book this year, again has Spawn in it. And that was just, you know, Marvel and DC have from time to time asked if I want to do any work for them. The answer has always been no. Really? Uh, and and oh yeah, no, I, I'm militant. You know, I just like no, I left. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, and and oh by the way, I'm I'm an executive of of uh, Image Comics, and I can't. I can't personally get over the the piece of saying if I'm an executive of Image Comics, why would I do work Man. for a direct competitor? Right? right? I like that'd be that'd be like being on Toronto Maple Leafs and and moonlighting a little bit for <laughs> yeah. the Montreal Canadiens. It doesn't yeah. work, right? Yeah. So I can't I can't do it. Um, but I have said over time that if I can bring the Image logo and I can bring Spawn. Then, then it's not me working for you. It's a co-venture, yeah. right? Then at least, then we're getting value. My character is getting value, and, and, and Image Comics is getting value. So uh, we've had talks off and on about doing a Spawn Spidey, 
or, you know, again, Spawn Batman. And the Spawn Batman came about because an artist that had worked with me for years on Spawn took over Batman and became sort of the preeminent Batman artist. And all of a sudden, his name's Greg Capullo. And I went, hey, Greg, they keep bugging me. We keep having these talks. Why don't we we sort of reprise that conversation we've had in the past, which is trying to do Batman Spawn, right? And it's like everybody knows Spawn when you were doing it, and everybody knows Batman because you were doing it. This, This would be a good one. I've written, you know, all of this, most of all the spawn issues. So let's just go. And it rocked. I mean, we knew it was going to work. It was, sure. it was all hanging fruit. Right. right. I mean, yeah. it was taken to two well-known artists and, and, and the creator of spawn coming on a book with Batman that had the preeminent Batman artist. It was, it was easy. Well, we'll get to cinematic side, I guess. I did just to follow up on that. I mean, you know, 30 years is mention of Image Comics. These characters are still going strong. Uh, you know, the industry has shifted, right? And there's been the shift to digital. You know, I still remember the days of, you know, the experience as a teenager going to the comic book store, getting the new editions. And I mean, that element is still there. How, how do you assess the industry, you know, over the past 30 years or even over the past, you know, 50 years? The, uh, in 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 my career, I mean, we had a high we had a high point in the early '90s, which is when we began Image Comic Books, and 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 people were buying books. A lot of speculators were in the marketplace, so you could sell, you could come out with a book and sell close to a million copies. I mean, that's what Spawn was selling at that time. I mean, the first issue sold almost two million copies, wow. and and so you you know it was. It was good times, right? You just put out a cover and you were getting huge numbers and, and the money was amazing and, and you were off to the races. And now, you know, everybody, there was a collapse in it like, like any other industry. But uh, your point about everything going digital, comic books haven't really. I mean, not I mean because I know, because I see the, the, you know, the statements that we get. Probably 90 Three percent of my okay. sales are still on paper, wow. and and only about seven percent are digital. Um, there are some other comic books that maybe that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, but but digital hasn't taken over like it has for you know when movies went to DVDs and or when you can now download your music yeah. and other things. You can download your video games. Comic books have been resistant to it. I think part of it is that there's if you're going to use it as an investment, you have to have the the physical good, right? So if you're if you're yeah. saying, "Hey, I'm going to collect this and I'm going to sell it at a on a markup," you have to have the physical good. And then there's just the geek part of it, uh, which I'm I'm a geek myself. Where if you go to a show, most people when they come to get my autograph or anybody else's autograph in the comic industry, they give you a comic book. They don't give you a picture of yourself. They don't give you a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. They give you a comic book. They want you to sign their comic book. And so. I think that the nature of fandom in comic books has made it so that we'll almost be the last of the Mohicans to sort of convert in any meaningful way to to digital and, and tech. Yeah, you can't put a can't put a PDF in a in a mylar envelope, right? Well, and you can't resell, and you can't resell it. <laughs> no, well, you can't exactly. It yeah, too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, on the cinematic side, uh, you know, as mentioned, there's uh, you know a lot of happening uh, on the the Spawn reboot side. What can you tell us about where that's at? Um, uh, well, let me. <laughs> Hollywood is an interesting beast. Let me oh, yeah. tell you. <laughs> you know, for for somebody who does comic books once a month, and and I've got a whole toy empire and, that we put out, you know, almost weekly product uh, globally. It, you know. 
I, I've defined Hollywood as you can be in it for 40 years, you do three projects, you die, and they call you prolific at your gravesite, right? <laughs> right. So it's you have to have a, a, a lot of patience to get stuff done. So um, the process has been that I picked up uh, a producer, uh, Jason Blum. He, he has a company called Blumhouse. They're known mostly for a lot of their big horror stuff, you know, The Purge and 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 uh, actually he did Get Out and Whiplash and some other stuff that had been nominated for Academy Awards. But, you know, mostly he's sort of in the horror bent. But he he's looking to see if he can, you know, sort of spread his wings so he's not just the horror guy. And he knows how to get movie movies done. And then, uh, you know, I said, well, why don't we go and ask some of the big actors? He usually does a small budget. Uh was a little dubious we could get some of the big actors. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm 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 naive as a little Canadian kid. I mean, the worst that happens, you ask and they say no. You know, worse off. So, uh, in quick order, we ended up getting uh, Jamie Foxx to sign on uh, and to come and be the main character. And then I went and talked to Jeremy Renner, who was just recently in an accident, got hurt yeah. pretty bad. Um, and and he came on board. And so all of a sudden, you've got you know an Academy producer, an Academy. Uh, uh, winning um, uh, actor, uh, Academy Award nominated Jeremy Renner, and then, and then I was writing a script for a couple years, uh, and then I sort of showed it around to people and couldn't quite get the enthusiasm out of it, so I've had to take a step back. But we just announced a few months ago that we got the writer of the last Joker movie, who's actually oh, wow. currently filming the, the and, and the reason that's big is a it's somebody from the inside that's done quote-unquote a comic book movie and the joker movie is the biggest selling grossing r-rated movie in cinematic history right so mm-hmm. uh and we we wanted to we want to make spawn r-rated and sort of dark and moody he doesn't fall into the same vein as superman and spider-man yeah. uh and then and then these co-writing it with you know the guy who's currently writing the Captain America 4 and and did the Winter Soldier TV show and then another young man named Matt Mixon so the writing is in good steed i'm supposed to be getting something here in my hands pretty soon uh and then again depending on how many sort of notes we have and fixes eventually you get to a script where everybody says yeah this is it and and then you go into the studios and you say hey who 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 wants it? Oh, by the way, here's the stats on on Spawn. And a not only was it a record setter 30 years ago, the last two years the number one selling book in our industry in comic books has had the word Spawn on it, right? So, yeah. if in in a couple of years ago it was the only book that had two in the top ten, uh, not even Spider Man or Hulk or Batman or Superman had that. So if you're looking for the last sort of big brand that Marvel and DC don't own it's spawn and oh by the way i i just basically expanded my universe a year ago and with the 30 years i've been publishing the regular book there's over 400 characters right you're a fool if you don't take it so we think that i mean there's a lot of big heavy hitters these these a-list people wouldn't be joining if they thought this wasn't going to work so my guess is by the middle of this year we'll have the next big drop of news which will be that we've found our studio we they've that we've made the deal hopefully it's a multi-picture deal 
and and the money's there and they've given us a production start date right yeah. and then at that point then it's just we got to go make the movie and and people will go well when i get to see the trailer Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, think back to 1997, how different things were. And uh, there was also the year that, you know, the, the Stinker Batman <laughs> movie came out and comic book movies were, were maybe seen a little differently by Hollywood then. But yeah. it's still Hollywood and all its weirdness and all its politics and all its everything. How, how different are things now and how, how much are things still the same in Hollywood? Well, I think I think the process of making decisions is the same. It's slow. And part of it is because they're spending at times hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So um, I think I'd probably would would overthink it a bit if I was spending that much money. So, I mean, they're putting their necks out. I mean, if, it's, if, if I'm asking for a $15 million budget or $10 million budget for a horror movie, it's I think it's easier for them to yeah. sort of go, ah, let's take a flyer. Um, but, you know, we're not going to have a big budget like uh, – the Avengers or anything like that, because we're not trying to replicate something like that. But it's still a significant investment, especially if we go in there and ask for a multi-picture deal. Uh, and so they're going to have to be sure that they can globally get that in return. And so I think I think that here's what I know right now, and it's and it's only gotten even more severe with the. Pre-pandemic, uh, comic book movies and spectacle movies were sort of the big ones. You know what they call tentpole in summer movies. It's only it's only hardened since the pandemic, right? If anything's fallen out of the theaters, it's sort of adult fair movies, right? You just saw one. You got one that just came out. A man called Otto this weekend that has Tom Hanks, a big A-list guy, and what what did it open up to? Less than five million dollars. That's that's what they're looking at. So they're looking at, at what's happening. They're going, there's only a couple of things that are selling now. Yeah. Comic book movies, which dominate, dominate. Uh, and then spectacle movies like Jurassic Park and Avatar and, and, and you know, things like that. And then, and then the odd kid fair and the odd uh, horror movie. And that's it. And so if you want, and you're, just so we know, Marvel's owned by Disney and Warner, and Warner Brother owns DC comic books. Yeah. So if you're, any other big corporation, if you're Amazon, if you're Apple Plus, if you're uh, Fox, if you're uh, Universal, Paramount, Lionsgate, you name it, you you don't get access to any Marvel or DC stuff. So you have to start dropping down to the rest of us. And oh, by the way, I think at the top of that mountain, when you get to the rest of us, it's Spawn. I, they'll 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 get it. They'll see the data. They'll do their research. They'll they'll sit there and say if they're going to make a big play, then Spawn's the last of the big ones that's there. I mean, you can, you can pick off little ones. I mean, Image probably has, I think we currently have twenty four of our titles that have been optioned and or made right into TV or movies. The biggest of the bunch was uh, The Walking Dead. My my partner created The Walking Dead. Right. So a giant, giant, giant phenomenal success. All of them don't play out that way, but they can come in and start picking off. But what they don't have is access to a universe that has hundreds of characters. And, and the Spawn comic book offers them that. Oh, by the way, it's 30 years later. It came out first issue in 92. 30 years later, it's it, the number one book in our industry had the word spawn on it. 
Like, there's no brand that's left that's even close to that after 30 years. That's not how brands work. They get they diminish over time. They don't, after 30 years, decide they're going to still be at the top of the heap. So we'll make the deal. We'll, the deal will get done. Uh, there's too many people, and we'll add a top flight director, and then other people will join. We'll, we'll get it done. I'm just I'm stubborn enough to make it work. <laughs> well, that's good. I think fans are happy to hear that. Watching further developments uh, on that, of course, you mentioned the Spawn the Batman crossover. It's out now. Much more uh, McFarland.com, ImageComics.com. Todd, so great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me the time. Be good. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, at Rob Breckenridge, and you can email me, rob at 770chqr.com. Talk to you next time.